Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, and this is Season 2, Episode 2. On today's episode, we will be talking about one of the four doctors, as outlined by Paul Cech, and of course, with my own notes added to this. So today's episode will be about Dr. Diet. I've talked about this in the past in previous episodes, but I wanted to make one full episode on this. So Dr. Diet. Let's first define the word diet. For today's purposes, and really for all purposes, diet is everything we consume. This can be food, drinks, drugs, people, and content. Okay, so diet is not just about food. Um, It can be other things as well, like the people you spend your time with or the content you consume, right? So Dr. Diet is one of the four doctors. Over the next few episodes, I'll be going over each of the four doctors, starting with today. Uh, The three other doctors are Dr. Movement, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Happiness. So we'll slowly go through all of these. So why these things are important, and why they're important to me, and why I think they'll be helpful for you, because these are all lifestyle factors, right? And I believe the number is like 80 to 90% of diseases can be traced back to lifestyle factors. And these are all things that we are in control of. That's why I'm, that's why I'm such a big fan of these things. And that's why I'm talking about them. So let's get started. So earlier I just said this can be food, drinks, drugs, people, or content. Let's start with, let's start with the, let's start with the drinks real quick. We'll just get the hydration out of the way. So part of a proper diet and proper nutrition is staying hydrated. So a good rule of thumb for hydration is half of your body weight in ounces and that should be your daily intake. So I'm 180 pounds. Half of that would be 90, 90 ounces. 90 ounces is like 12 glasses of water, 12 cups of water per day. So that's a good baseline. And of course, if you're more active, you might need more. Um, when it's summer and you're sweating a lot more, that might take, that might play a factor as well. So hydration is key because the best solution for pollution is dilution. And a lot of this is based off of Paul Cech's teachings and of course my own experience over the last decade. But I will link I will link some stuff in the show notes, so take a look at that. I'll I'll talk about that as I go on today. So Hydration is key. Everyone knows that. 
like one of the first things I do in the morning after I get up, use the washroom. First things first, get a glass of water in me always because overnight your body loses a lot of water just from sleeping, right? So got to get hydrated, get the system going, get it started in a positive way right away. So nutrition, what does nutrition mean to me? It means eating quality whole foods that give us good energy. So foods, whole foods that give us good energy. And then of course, like I said, this applies to the people you're around and the content that you consume as well, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on social media or the books or the podcasts you listen to. All of that plays a factor in your energy. So, how do you know how to eat? How do you know what foods to eat? And how do you know what foods give you good energy, right? So, number one, the most important thing to start all of this is learning about your individual needs. Because you have to figure out what works for you. Everyone's different. Everyone's biological makeup is different. Everyone's born with different genetics. So it only makes sense that we all have unique needs when it comes to nutrition. So one thing that was really helpful for me, and I'll link it below, it is figuring out your primal patterning type. And this is Paul Cech's term, but there are, there are many other people that have like metabolic typing so that's another term for it but figuring out your metabolic type and i'm gonna link the questionnaire that i used in the show notes you can use that you'll figure out your primal pattern type and that will kind of give you a good baseline to work off of so it's first figuring out your individual needs by filling out that questionnaire It's short. It'll take like five minutes. And then from there, it's really just about figuring out what works for you. And this happens for me. This happened when I kept a food log for a week for it was about seven to 10 days where I wrote down everything I consumed, everything I ate and everything I drank. And I also wrote down how I felt after I consumed those things. How was my energy? How were my hunger levels? Was I satiated? Um, Did I have, did I have any reactions to the food? So really the main thing was about whether I was satisfied with the meal. Was I still hungry? Was I too full? And then how was my energy? Was my energy good? Or did I get really tired after the meal? You know, that itis feeling, right? Where you just want to sit down, melt in the, into the couch, and maybe take a nap. So figuring out what worked for me was super important. And I did that via a food log. And then what this did for me was it just really helped me tune in 
and learn to feel the foods and drinks that I was taking in. How is it making it feel? Because the better we can do that, then the better we can predict our energy, our experience, and our overall environment in life just through feeling the food. And let me explain. So let me go back to a training context here. Most of you probably know that when you eat, in cer- when you eat certain foods before training, that's going to dictate how your training goes. Whether you ate a lasagna and then you try to train one hour after. Most of the time, that's not going to go well. Or if you ate um, like oatmeal or fruits before training, that might go a little differently than the lasagna. So that's what I mean by learning to, pr- learning to feel the foods and drinks so then we can predict our energy and experience. And this goes far beyond just the gym because say you have an important meeting or an important presentation at work. Well, if you're able to, if you're aware of which foods make you feel good, which foods give you good energy, that's only going to be to your benefit, right? Because you want to go into that meeting with great energy if you want to perform well, or you want to go into that presentation with great energy. It's like even me when I record this podcast, there's, there's a big difference between me training and then recording this podcast or me training, eating, and then recording this podcast versus me eating a pizza and then trying to record this podcast. My energy after eating that pizza is probably not going to go well. I've never done that, but so with the nutrition, these are just things that will help you all around. Like, because in my opinion, showing up with good energy to anything is super, is super beneficial, whether it's just going to visit your parents or hang out with your friends or being with your significant other or going to the gym like showing up with good energy is always going to be better than the opposite of that right so that's what that means to figure out what works for you figure out what gives you good energy so a food log will help with that so what you can do for the next seven to ten days get a notebook get a piece of paper or use your phone, write down every single thing you eat. So for breakfast, I ate this, and then take a few notes. How did I feel immediately after that meal? Do I have good energy? Do I not have good energy? Am I too tired? Or am I still hungry? Or am I satiated? And then when you get to your next meal, you do the same thing. And then when you get to your next meal, you can kind of reflect on that previous meal. Like, okay, because um, when you eat foods that work for you, you should be pretty satisfied until your next meal. So three to four hours, it should hold you over for three to four hours. If you're eating the foods that work for you.
So that's a great way to do to figure out what what works for you. Do that for seven to ten days, and you will definitely get some info. Also, other things to look at: energy satiation. Another thing to look at is your um, bowel movements. Basically, looking at your poop, right? Because you, it'll show you. Like if you, there are, there are a few graphs out there um, showing you what a healthy poop should looks like. Should look like it shouldn't be too. It should be a pretty solid, solid, um, solid poop. Like it shouldn't be too soft or runny, nor should it be too hard and like smaller or smaller pieces. Like there is a difference between healthy poop and unhealthy poop. So take a look at that. Okay, let's move on. So we got learning your individual needs by doing the questionnaire and then figuring out what works for you by keeping a food log and learning to feel your foods. And then all of this really, <clears throat> excuse me, all of this really is in the pursuit of developing a healthy relationship with food. And this is a really tough, this is a really tough uh, subject here because how do you develop a healthy relationship with food? And I think developing a healthy relationship with food is really developing a healthy relationship with yourself, uh, mentally, emotionally, because there, there are times when I have not, I, I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. And I can confidently say that I do now have a healthy and functional relationship with food. And how did I do that? Okay, a lot of it was definitely mindset around food, going from labeling food as good food or bad food. I used to do that and I, I changed that to now I think about food as more healthy and less healthy. So I want to have more of the healthier stuff and less of the not so healthy stuff. And we'll talk about that more later with the 80-20 rule, right? But for me, labeling food as more healthy versus less healthy was helpful versus good food and bad food, right? Because food is meant to be enjoyed. Like food is such a large part of our life, right? So it doesn't need to be such a serious thing. So developing a healthy and functional relationship with food. And I think that that will be done naturally as you start to figure out what works for you. Because when you start to take note of like, okay, I just ate ate a great meal with lots of vegetables, carbohydrates, and a protein source. When you start to feel how good that feels and like how, how energized you feel, how nourished you feel, and then you eat maybe a bag of chips and some uh, soda, and then you feel how that feels and maybe 
maybe you get a sugar rush for a little bit, or maybe you feel good for a little bit, but then you come crashing down hard because of the blood sugar levels, right? But when you feel how bad that might feel, the hopefully the natural reaction would be to gravitate towards the foods that make you feel better. So I think developing a healthy relationship with food will take some time if you don't already have one or if you feel like you don't have one. And one thing to note with this is that I, I added in the developing a healthy relationship with yourself because when I look back now on the times where I was eating like really or I was craving really unhealthy or less healthy foods or unhealthy foods, let's be real here. When I look back on those times and I've talked about this a lot recently, like I was just really stressed out or really under recovered because I wasn't sleeping enough. So I didn't have a a good relationship with myself in general because I wasn't well rested. And on top of that, my stress levels were really high. So I really noticed that when I get good sleep and I'm well rested, my stress levels are naturally lower because I'm more rested, right? And then because my stress levels are lower, I really don't have as many cravings as I used to. In the past, I may have been not rested because I didn't sleep enough. I was working a lot and I had a lot of stress in my personal life. And that really led me to crave a lot of foods that I do enjoy and I still eat. I just don't eat them in that quantity anymore. Like I don't eat a pizza a week anymore and I don't have to have a donut or baked goods four to five times a week. Now that number for baked goods is like once a week, twice a week is great. So every third or every fourth day. Um, And that for me, I really just found that that was a natural result of developing a better relationship with myself by sleeping more, prioritizing sleep, prioritizing my own health, prioritizing uh, managing my stress levels and removing stressors from my life. So it'll take some time, but once you get there, once you take the time to put in the work, prioritize these things, and I'll show you how you can prioritize these things. But once you get to this place, it's a really great place to be at. I promise you. So let's move on. A a balanced diet is very important. A balanced diet includes a protein source, fat sources, and carbohydrates. And Paul Check, his thing about a balanced diet, he categorizes that categorizes it by foods with eyes and foods with no eyes. So foods with eyes are the proteins and the fats. Generally, they're animal products. Um, So cows have eyes, 
chickens have eyes, fish has eyes, right? Those things are eyes. No eyes are like more the carbohydrates, the grains, the fruits, the vegetables, the grains. So having a balanced diet of no eyes and eyes is super helpful. If you guys do the primal pattern typing questionnaire, it will show you that some people do better with a diet that has more eyes um, products in there. Or some, some people do better with more no eyes foods. But in both scenarios, there needs to be a balance of both. So I know that there are a lot of people on the carnivore diet train where all they eat is proteins and fats or, or like meat products. And then there are a lot of people on the keto train where they minimize carbohydrates to an extreme. And those things might work for certain people. But for the majority of us, we do need a balanced diet of protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And we do need a balanced diet of eyes and no eyes. And in terms of hormonal production, most of our, we get most of our hormones from animal products. And that's why that's really important because um, a balanced diet will help us produce the optimal hormones that we need so all of our systems can run well. So whether it's, um, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that the some diets do work for people like going vegan or vegetarian or going keto or going carnivore i've seen it work for some people but i've also seen the opposite where it doesn't work for them whether it doesn't work for them in the short term or the long term but usually those diets don't work in the long term so a few examples i'll give i'll give two examples that i personally have seen with my clients Number one, I've seen someone do a, I've seen someone go vegan and initially it worked really well for them. They lost some of the fat that they wanted to lose, but because it was, they, they, I can't say they did it in the right way. Like going vegan can, can be really good when done in the right way. And what do I mean by the right way? Like actually cooking and preparing all of your foods because it's easy to go out and buy like vegan meals or vegan um, products which are sometimes really processed or really just not eating a whole lot and then in in the case of this person they were doing that where they were buying a lot of like the vegan foods that were kind of processed like they weren't preparing the meals from scratch and then over time their energy levels just like got really low because they weren't getting enough protein. They weren't getting enough of the right carbohydrates in them. And it, they started having a hard time getting through the workouts. So their energy levels were just not there. And if this was happening in the gym, I have no doubt that this was happening outside of the gym as well. And then in the, in the keto example, 
I've seen someone do really well on keto, lose the fat and lose the weight that they wanted to lose. But again, their performance kind of dipped in the gym because of the lack of carbohydrates. And then when they come off of keto, the weight came back. And I, I've seen this happen multiple times where they hop on keto, they lose weight, and then they hop off keto and the weight comes back. And I really attribute this to the fact that they didn't really learn how the food felt like, or which foods worked for them. They didn't learn anything because all they did was remove one whole food group, one whole macronutrient. And so all I'm saying is like, these are, these can be great for short term fixes, but in the long run, the most beneficial thing that any of us can do is learning our individual needs and figuring out what foods and drinks work for us. So really taking the time to do that work, it will pay off. It really will. And again, as I always say, I've been, I've been training for 13 years now. These are only things I've learned in the last two years. So it took me 11 years to get here. And it doesn't need you. It doesn't need to take you that long to get here. And that's why I'm sharing this information. Okay. So a balanced diet is important about a diet of eyes and no eyes. Do that questionnaire. You won't regret it. We need protein, fats and carbs. Okay. And protein <clears throat> that can be meat, poultry, dairy, Protein is the main structural component of all of our cells, and it builds and repairs all of our bodily tissues. Like, just think about that. It's the main structural component of all of our cells, and it builds and repairs all bodily tissues. So whether you're trying to build more muscle, whether you're recovering from an injury, you need protein. Everyone needs protein. In terms of portion, a good portion size seems to be um, the size of your palm at every meal of protein. So the size of your palm is a good baseline. And then carbohydrates, that's the fruit, the vegetables, the grains, right? Carbohydrates are important for energy. And yes, um, People on keto will say that, yes, it's possible to start to train the body to start to use fat as the primary source of energy. Yes, that is a thing. But as I said, it works well for some people. But for the majority of us, a balanced diet is the way to go in terms of a long term health effect. Um, in terms of carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables, main thing to keep in mind is to eat the rainbow so getting all those colors in the green the yellow the reds the oranges the purples the blues get all the colors in and the darker something is the darker the fruit or vegetable is generally the more antioxidants it has so things like beets blackberries blueberries those are great those are definitely the fruits that i eat
but within your within your diet just make sure you get in lots of colors leafy green vegetables are really important as well get those reds in apples red peppers raspberries get those oranges in that orange pepper is tasty so carbohydrates and within the carbohydrates aside from energy aside from like being a source of energy for us fiber is really important fiber helps to digest it helps to eliminate and it helps to detoxify our body so don't worry about all those detox teas don't worry about the juice diets you want to just get in that that quality fiber and let the body do the work because one thing i learned or one thing i read from paul check is like whole foods work with your body like they work really synergistically with your body in terms of giving us what we need um, instead of like processed foods where our body has to fight against those processed foods to just get rid of them whole foods on the other hand will help us get stronger feel better uh, perform better and of course like detoxify our body naturally so i was just sipping some water i decided not to bring coffee on the podcast today but i am sipping some water one sec okay so the last macronutrient to touch on fats fats are important for our structural and functional functional materials of the body like fats are super important for our hormones hormone regulation we gotta get those omega-3s omega-6s so again the main thing to take away from this is that in your diet in your overall diet of a week every day but an easy way to look at this is like start to look at the plate of food in front of you there should be some kind of protein some kind of carbohydrate some kind of vegetable and there should be some fats on there and it should be a balanced diet that works well for you and how do you know how much of certain things to eat well a couple good baselines again do the questionnaire primal pattern typing do it because it will show you your individual how much carbohydrate should be on your plate how much fat and protein should be on your plate and just from a visual standpoint we don't need to weigh anything we don't need to we don't need to do any of that right now i'm going to talk about that later but for our health purposes because as you guys have probably noticed we're we're coming at this from a health standpoint now as opposed to an aesthetic or strength standpoint not to say those things are wrong or bad at all no those things are great i've done those things i still do those things but by approaching this from a health standpoint the idea is that we will get we will get healthy we will be healthy and we will set ourselves up for our maximum aesthetic and strength potential so we'll get there so in terms of portions do the questionnaire but also this is part of listening to our body and feeling the foods because 
portion size, we all know, we've all been when we've eaten too much and we get that itis. We feel really sluggish after we're our energy super low we just need to like sleep it off more than likely that portion size is too much and then alternatively we've all been there when the portion size is too little um, you eat your meal maybe it's not a lot you finish eating and you're like i'm still hungry so you start reaching for other things but all you could all we could have done is just eat a little bit more of those foods on our plate so figuring out portion sizes is part of keeping a food log and listening to your body and learning to feel those foods so you'll figure out the portion size quite naturally when you start to become in tune with these things and again this isn't going to happen overnight this is going to take a while but as i said it's very worth it in the long run and I really believe that it's not only worth it for ourselves, but if you have a family, if you have kids, you're, you're the example. So the, the better you can do these things, the better you take care of your own health, you're going to be that example for your kids. Or if you have siblings or parents, like just you, you doing these things and you being the example this will help everyone around you and again that's why i'm sharing these things so there's the protein there's the carbs there's the fats and then let's talk about processed foods real quick processed foods you guys know i'm all about whole foods eating a mainly whole food diet and minimizing processed foods as i said as i touched on earlier when we consume processed foods our body like literally just like when we consume alcohol our body literally has to spend all these resources to get rid of these things to make sure it digests properly to make sure it eliminates those things properly and if we're talking about performance and feeling good Processed foods doesn't help us with those things. But, of course, they are tasty. Just like you guys, I'm into cookies, ice cream, all of that good stuff. But it's really just about minimizing those things and prioritizing whole foods. And one thing that's important, when you're in the grocery store, and I'm going to talk about the grocery store a bit later as well, but when you're doing your grocery shopping, just getting into the habit of turning over the product and looking at the nutrition facts and looking at taking a quick glance at the ingredients lists, because it's no secret processed foods that usually has more ingredients, more additives, more preservatives. So just taking a look at those things and if there are a lot of things in the ingredients list that you can't pronounce or that you don't even know what it is, chances are it's not that great for you, right? And then another thing is like the longer that it can sit on the shelf, the worse it is for us when it comes to food. So like 
fruits fruits go go bad pretty quick that's because they're not filled with a ton of preservatives additives all that kind of junk but getting into the habit of taking a look at the nutrition facts learning how to read the nutrition facts is really really important and just taking a glance at the ingredients like the front of a product is all marketing right it's like uh filled with omega-3s or healthy fats or great source of protein but take a look at the nutrition facts a couple things to look at look at the serving size because that will show you how how many calories are in the whole product so take a look at the serving size and then from there you can like see then take a look at the calories take a look at the fat content the carbohydrates the sugar the fiber the protein and then you can glance at the sodium as well and then of course there's like the vitamin and mineral section but if we're talking about processed foods there are no vitamins and minerals in there which i guess i didn't touch on but that's why the whole foods are important because vitamins minerals all that those whole foods are jam-packed with vitamins and minerals and if you guys follow me on instagram you guys know that i'm a big fan of red meat again that's just what works for me when i did the questionnaire it made sense it was like oh okay you like fatty fattier meats fattier and red meat and that's why like i still eat chicken breast here and there but very minimally like i don't actually i don't really eat chicken breast a whole lot now and one of the reasons why is that chicken breasts although it's a great source of protein it really doesn't have a lot of um, vitamins and minerals in it compared to red meat so just something to keep in mind and again that's not a bad thing i'm not saying don't eat chicken breast because you can still get those vitamins and minerals from your vegetables and carbohydrate choices right but that's just one reason why i started eating more red meat i learned that okay it actually works better for my individual needs and it packs a more it packs a better punch in terms of getting in my vitamins and minerals last thing before i move on here is that quality does matter so quality matters and this took me a little bit to learn and i'm still learning right now but within animal products quality matters so there's you guys have heard like there's factory farming commercial farming and then there's organic farming right so one of one of paul check's things is that whenever possible try to purchase the organic the certified organic products or try to purchase grass-fed meats so one thing that i've done in the last year is that i started to purchase grass-fed meats um, whenever possible and then there's kind of a hierarchy in terms of best to worst and first would be like certified organic meats would be the best grass-fed then there's free-range meats and then there's like antibiotic slash hormone-free meats 
and then there's like the regular commercial commercial meat of course finances does play a factor in this like the list that i just listed of course certified organic and grass-fed is going to be more expensive than your like regular meat and how do you know it's a regular meat it doesn't say any of this stuff so why quality matters is because if we're trying to be healthy then the food that we're eating should also be from a healthier source commercial and factory farmed meats like chickens and cows they're just being fed like um, they're being fed a grain grain fed diet so it's just like it's literally like cereal just trying to fatten them up so they can maximize how big the animal is and how um, then they get more meat right so it's really just um, profit is the main thing and these are some these are the animals that they might never see daylight they're just literally on this earth to eat shit get fatter and then they're slaughtered and sold right and then because they're getting bigger that's in the benefit of the company that's selling them in comparison grass-fed organic free-range they're so grass-fed they're literally just eating grass and they might be finished most grass-fed is finished with grain fed just to like fatten them up a little bit but for the most part grass-fed meat grass-fed beef they're eating grass their whole life and that's just a lot more natural right and within all this a big thing that paul is into is the quality of the soil because the soil is where everything starts right because if you have quality soil then the plants that grow from that soil are quality and then the animal that eats those plants that's quality as well and then we eat those animals that's just a higher nutrient profile better for the planet better for the animal better for us it's just a better circle of life right versus poor soil so commercial farming factory farming because quantity is the main priority the soil actually gets depleted over time so then the plants are not that nutritious and the animals are not that nutritious and then guess what we're eating those animals and they're also not that nutritious so buying quality when you're able to buying organic buying grass-fed buying free-range when you're able to is important but if you're not able to due to finances eating whole foods eating that factory farm meat is still better than mcdonald's or other processed foods so it took me some time to i've heard about this in the past it took me probably a year or two of like from when i first heard about it and started digesting the info started learning more to me now buying more free range grass-fed antibiotic hormone free meats it took me a while and I'll, I'll be honest my grocery bill did rise 
And I'm totally okay with that because now I know that I'm prioritizing my health and I'm doing that through buying good food. In the past when all I wanted to do was get bigger and get stronger, I had no problem buying a ton of um, you know, commercial meats. Had no problem doing that. But now as I learn more, I'm definitely more averse to it. I don't I don't buy the commercial meats anymore. And again, it'll take you some time to find your sweet spot with it. So take your time. In terms of because I touched on the meat, because I touched on the animal products, in terms of vegetables and fruits, there are there are um, certified organic fruits and vegetables as well, which I personally do not purchase right now. And I got some um, I got some reassurance from Paul because he he had a video. He said, "Okay, if you can only choose between um, organic fruits and vegetables or organic grass-fed be- uh, meat." If you can only like afford to purchase one of those things, prioritize buying the organic and grass-fed animal products because those animal products are, because they're organic or grass-fed, they're, they're eating higher quality um, grass or plants, whatever it may be, right? So because you're buying those meats and they're consuming the higher quality grass, plants, feed, whatever it may be, you're also consuming those things. But if you're purchasing organic fruits and vegetables and you're perch- and you're still eating uh, commercial meats, although you're eating the organic fruits and vegetables, which are great, you're still con- you, because you're still consuming the commercial meat, you're still getting all that all those toxins, all that crap that comes with it. And really that's what, um, organic products are. They're just, they're, they're free from pesticides and just all those additional chemicals. So that gave me some reassurance because, um, for me, organic vegetables and fruits are pretty pricey. Like it's a difference between paying five dollars for a case of raspberries versus two dollars and as someone who can so as someone who consumes a lot of food in general a lot of fruits and vegetables a lot of meat in terms of finances right now at this point i'm purchasing the higher quality meats and then i'm purchasing just like the regular fruits and vegetables and i'll talk about that when I get to the grocery store section of this. So just wanted to touch on the quality of things, um, how to read labels, how to differentiate between the organic, the grass-fed, the free range, the antibiotic and hormone-free, locally grown. Locally grown is also important just from an environmental standpoint. Like when you're buying local beef or local fruits and vegetables, just the whole um, environmental carbon footprint of that food traveling or what it takes for that food to get to 
you is less because if I'm buying fruits and vegetables from Ontario, I'm supporting those Ontario farmers and it takes less like, it just takes less to get the food to you versus if I'm buying uh, the food from halfway across the world. Just the carbon footprint of having to transfer, transfer all of that food over an ocean, through a plane, through a boat, whatever it may be, from an environmental standpoint and from a supporting your like local farmer standpoint, I definitely try to buy more local foods now. So with all that being said, the 80-20 rule still plays a role in this. So this is like, there are a couple ways to break down the 80-20 rule. Simplest way, if you consume, if 80% of your diet is whole foods, quality whole foods, and 20% is processed foods, in general, you're going to be okay. That's how I look at it, like 80% whole foods, 20% like treat foods. Those are the Tim Hortons Boston Creams, the Krispy Kreme Donuts, uh, the ice cream, the pizza, you know, that kind of stuff. And from Paul's teachings, he wrote that if you do these things that I've listed, like eating the whole foods, balanced diet, getting in your protein, fats, carbohydrates, hydrating properly, if you do if you do those things 80% of the time, then when you kind of go off track 20% of the time, it's not going to hurt you. Like if 80% of the time you're if you, you're nourishing your body with good or with healthy healthier things, the 20% is not going to hurt you because you've set up in an envi- an environment where your body can get rid of those of that 20% fairly easily with minimal consequence versus the other scenario would be if you're eating 20% quality whole foods only but 80% of your diet is like ordering in takeout um, processed foods your your body's going to have a really hard time breaking down those things and getting rid of them and then because you're not able to get rid of them, then it kind of, it starts getting stored in your body. Extra weight starts getting stored in your body, but the weight is really just a is really just an outward representation of what's actually happening inside of the body. And that's where diseases start, heart disease starts, all that stuff. So 80/20 rule is still in effect. And again, it's never going to be perfect. Some weeks it might be 70-30. Some weeks it might be 50-50. But most of the time, aiming for 80-20 will set you up well. So those were the main points of Paul Cech's doctor diet. That's what I took away from it. That's what I wanted to share with you guys figuring out your individual needs and then figuring out what works for you within those individual needs, developing a healthy relationship with food, 
learning how to eat a balanced diet, and then really increasing your knowledge around the foods you're buying, right? Just by taking the time to look at the food labels, look at the nutrition facts, ingredients, all that. So now I want to add my own notes to this. Number one, awareness is key. Like awareness of your current habits and situation. That's number one. And how do you do that? Start with a log. Start with a food log. You don't have to change anything right now. Just start a food log and just take just take into account what's going on right now. How are you approaching things right now? Because logs work. I've been using training logs for over a decade. I've been I don't use a food log anymore, but I have used a food log for an extended period of time and that really helps you that really helped me become aware of what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And then from also a financial standpoint, I've kept a I've kept an expense summary for a very long time now as well as income. But the expense summary really helps me um again I've talked about this in the past. It really helps me figure out like okay, am I are the things I'm spending my money on actually worth it when I look back on a month spending or when I look back on a year's spending? And I know it feels unrelated, but that has really helped me like, okay, I'm currently spending this much on groceries. Now I'm spending, but I'm also spending all this money on like things that aren't really worth it, maybe impulse purchases. So just being able to see that, it's like, okay, why don't I just cut down on my impulse spending? Because it's not really needed. It's not serving me that well. And why don't I just spend more money on groceries? on the higher quality foods and that has really helped me a lot um, so awareness is key keeping a log it works or hiring a coach something that will keep you accountable either learning to keep yourself accountable which is very important or hiring someone that will help you learn how to keep yourself accountable uh, in terms of macronutrients counting macros I touched on it earlier. I'm kind of moving away from it, but it's still important in the way of like knowing the portion sizes, knowing how to read the nutrition facts on a product. That's really helpful. And again, it comes back to like, if you know how to do this, then you can teach your kids how to do this. And or you can teach your family how to do this. And that's just going to put you and everyone else you know in a better place. And I don't see any negative in that at all. So macronutrients, I think it depends on if you feel like you're ready to do that kind of work. Because now I kind of give people options. I give my clients options. Do you want, you can either keep a food log just simply writing down what you ate, how that made you feel, or you can go this other route and actually purchase a food scale, weigh your food, 
put it into an app and then at the end of the day you have like some very solid numbers in terms of overall health i think a food log is just fine but if you have very like specific aesthetic goals counting macros is also good but again it's it's never one or the other i think a combination of both is important so knowing knowing how much protein is in a certain is in a certain item on your plate that will give you a good that will just give you more knowledge and more knowledge is rarely going to hurt okay let's talk the grocery store grocery store i always jokingly say but not really it's very serious grocery store is like the second no the grocery store is a very important place i was going to say it's second it's the second most important after the gym but i don't really think that anymore the gym's important your training's important your movement practice is important but the grocery store is like really where the health gains are made and learning how to navigate a health learning how to navigate a grocery store and having good grocery stores around you is helpful so i live in toronto west end toronto it's pretty it's pretty central i have a lot of grocery store options and i've lived here for four or five no i've lived in the area for like six years now so i've kind of visited all the grocery stores around me or most of them and kind of figured out where should i buy my fruits and vegetables where can i buy my meat and just making it more cost efficient right because most people i know don't buy all their stuff at one place because you could go i go to one grocery store fiesta farms i go there for their grass fed beef and i go there for their um free range chicken thighs like that's that's what i go there for and then i go to freshco which is closer to me I go there for all my produce because it's cheaper. Um and again as I said I'm not purchasing organic produce. So I go there for my all my fruits and all my vegetables. So I have two places like that. And then I have a subscription to a local company is called Westside Beef. I subscribe for 10 steaks a month. Yep, your boy has a steak subscription. 10 ribeyes to be exact. So learning your area, learning which stores are better than others, also looking at the flyers, download a flyer app, then then when something goes on sale like when I don't want to buy I don't want to spend 3 4 on a case on a pint of raspberries. Like for me that's not that efficient. But if a place if a sale happens and raspberries are $2 a pint, I'll stock up. That week I'm eating more raspberries or blackberries. Um if pears go on sale, then I'll buy more pears that week. It really depends on like the what happens in terms of the sales, right? But also having like a place like Freshco where I know the produce is like a pretty solid price most of the time. that's really helpful. So, if you're 
if you're lucky to have like a few grocery options, definitely shop around, make sure you know where to get certain things because in the long run, it will make a difference. Okay, and then grocery store goes hand in hand with cooking, with the kitchen. The kitchen's also a very important place. Cooking takes practice, it takes time, and it's going to take some effort. But everything takes effort, it takes practice, it takes time. But again, just like all things, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it when you start to get into a groove. You learn how you like to prepare things. You learn what you like and what kind of seasoning you like to use. How do you want to cook it? When you figure out like how to make something taste good for you, that's when it gets really easy because you will start to enjoy the foods that you're making, right? Like I don't, I don't eat chicken thighs and steak because I have to. Like I eat those things because I really enjoy them and I've learned how to prepare them in a way that is really tasty but also very efficient for me. And it'll, it'll take some time to learn but definitely like watching some YouTube videos or... Re getting some cookbooks and learning a few like solid recipes. I'd say like in terms of meat, I, I, I eat chicken thighs, trout, salmon, and beef. And for those things, I know exactly, I have my go-to way of preparing them. It's not too luxurious, it's not too fancy, but it's efficient for me. So I can whip it up pretty quick and have a good meal. And you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, I eat a lot of rice simply because rice is very cost efficient and having a rice cooker is very time efficient. Like I put the rice in, I put water in, I plug it in and I click a button and boom, I have rice in 20 minutes. I also do like to eat sweet potatoes and potatoes, pasta. I do like those things, but 80% of the time it's going to be rice just for the efficiency and of course the taste. So, and then vegetables, having some solid go-to vegetables. In the winter, it's kind of hard um, in, I guess, where I am in Canada. Like the, the produce is a little bit more limited or it's a little bit more expensive. But some go-tos, I like broccoli crowns. I like beets. Uh, tomatoes are good. This year, I because I started gardening, I learned, I kind of got into eating, fruit, uh, eating vegetables raw instead of always having to cook them. So like tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, tomatoes, um, Swiss chard, leafy green vegetables, those are always great. Mm, yeah, so really figuring out the kitchen really taking the time to figure out how to how you want to prepare things and what tastes good for you and your family and again it's just like just like you'll have to fine tune what you're eating it's always a process over time you'll get better at preparing your food 
and you'll get more efficient at it. You'll learn new ways to do it. Again, it's just going to take some time and effort. So a lot of this comes back, comes down to prioritizing for it, right? Like making groceries, making the visit to the grocery store a priority, making cooking a priority. Um, and then just finding, figuring out how to make that more efficient, figuring out how to make that fun for you. Like for me, go, going to the grocery store is fun. I go two to three times a week. I, I go so often that I, I know the people there. So I have people to say hi to when I'm there to ask, how are they? And then get in, get out, have a pleasant experience. Uh, in terms of cooking, I personally like to listen or watch um, podcasts while I'm cooking. That just kind of gives me something to do while I'm doing that. Keeps me entertained. So a lot of it just comes down to prioritizing for it. Just like how you can how you prioritize your training, you prioritize these things as well. And all of this comes back to just like figuring out your values figuring out what you want or how you want to feel, committing to yourself, knowing why you're doing these things and just being consistent with it. And really like it's never going to be perfect. It's not it's it's not supposed to be perfect and that's okay. Just like being consistent, putting in the effort in the long term, that's what matters. And health is a is a long-term game like health is a lifelong process right and for me it's it's hard sometimes for me being only 28 years old like saying these things but because okay will this pay off in 20 years i don't know yet but I think this is how I set myself up so that when I'm 50, I'm not dealing with a whole host of issues. So whatever your age, your health is always worth it, right? You can always like change how the trajectory of your life and health is going. So not too late. It's not too early either. And as I said, I feel like this stuff is so important because it's not only going to benefit yourself, but it's going to benefit everybody around you because you're, you, you can lead by example and everyone will see that. And that's something when I, I, I'm looking at my notes right now, when I first started learning about these things, I was like, okay, I have to learn about these things. I have to put them into practice. And I have to be the example. I can't just sit here and talk about these things. I literally have to be the walking example of health and of all of these things. And through this process, unknowingly, sometimes knowingly, but a lot of times unknowingly, I'm the people around me are like, are seeing what's happening. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, I kind of want to, like, I like what he's doing. I kind of want to feel that way. And then unknowingly, they're starting to do these things as well, which is great. I love that. But again, this is why I'm putting out this podcast. So 
the information is all right here. I know this was a long one. We're at an hour and eight minutes right now. I'm glad I took notes. I feel like this went very smoothly. So I appreciate you guys checking in again. Like the, my closing note is like, we're, we're totally in control of our health. We're totally in control of all these things. We're in control of what we want to feed ourselves in terms of our food, in terms of our drinks, in terms of our friends, the people around us, and in terms of the content that we're consuming, we're always in control, right? So I'll leave it at that. I hope this was helpful. As always, if you guys have questions, comments, topic suggestions, let me know. Link down below. I'll link all the relevant info. I'll link that questionnaire. Make sure you do it. Try out a food log. And really, don't be, don't be shy. Message me. Ask me any questions. If you want me to take a look at whatever it is you're working with, let me know. I'm here to help. So... With that being said, I'll catch you guys next time. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Stay blessed. Keep smiling. Be nice to people. Let's go.